0: This is Club
1: Hell. Thanks for coming, kids. Hello, this is Notes from the Back Row, a cinema podcast of commentary, questions, answers, dreams, fears, joy rides, hell rides, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic on the island of the vine.
2: ...often discussed with uneasiness by critics. B-movies and cult films map out an alternative history of cinema. Even Canada's relatively young feature film industry has a rich heritage of forgotten trash and low-budget gems, hastily swept under the carpet by embarrassed critics and confused audiences alike. Together, they present us with a film legacy entirely different from our traditional understanding of Canadian movies as either languid art films or happy tales of prairie life. It is this seedy underbelly of Canadian movies that is the phenomenon known as Canuxploitation. That passage is an excerpt from the Canuxploitation primer as it appeared on Canuxploitation.com in 2002. Today on Hoser Horror carlo who's here in person with me hello and i have the website's creator paul Krupp, sitting in with us to discuss his history with canadian exploitation cinema and much more thank you paul for coming my pleasure yes happy and happy to be here yeah so that was the earliest version of the can exploitation primer that i could get <laughs> on the Wayback machine <laughs> uh from 1999 or 2000 i think
0: Pro- probably from 2000 yeah, i don't 2000. think i had a primer okay until a little bit later.
2: (laughs) So today on the episode, we're going to talk to Paul about his sort of experience with Canadian cinema, how he got interested in it. We'll spiral off into some discussion about exploitation and how it came to be defined and how it's a pretty popular thing now when you go online, B-movie websites and podcasts and stuff. They talk about it on Shockwave. It's a far-reaching term and genre. So I think maybe to start, we can just go back to like how we're... Were you introduced to your love of movies and then subsequently like when did you start to think about Canadian movies?
0: Tough to say. I I mean I never really thought of myself as too much of a movie fan until a certain point. Um, I I definitely wasn't crazy for, you know, spending all my time watching movies like I do now. Yeah. (laughs) um, Up until kind of like um, maybe the early 1990s, mid-1990s. Okay. Of course, my parents had a VCR, and we used to rent stuff. My dad had very specific tastes, so he would rent stuff that he liked, and I would watch that stuff along the way somewhere I started getting interested in in so-called bad movies or <laughs> B movies yeah I think part of it was uh, I was at a library sale when I was uh probably I don't know probably 10 11 12 and I picked up a used copy of the golden turkey awards oh yeah talking about Planet knife matter space and robot yeah. monster and all those kinds of things and I, I guess that was maybe maybe you could trace it back yeah. to t- to that so I was kind of interested in these kind of offbeat films Luckily, one of the video stores in my uh, town where I grew up had a section called Cult, and, and <laughs> that was a huge eye opener for me um, in terms of watching things. So I, I was so I was watching Ed Wood style movies, Robot Monster, also stuff like Eating Raul, Blue Velvet. Mm-hmm. Those kind of like off, slightly offbeat yeah. films was was what really I guess um, kind of got me into films and and, and watching films. I didn't used to watch a lot of them. At some point during the uh, probably early 90s, I started actually buying video cassettes. Once the price started to come down to like 15, 20, 20 bucks a tape, I started buying brand new tapes of uh, science fiction, Okay, 50 science fiction. I I was obsessed with 50 science fiction (laughs) for a while because of like Plan 9 and Robot Monster and Forbidden Planet. And Uh, I came from outer space and all these movies and you couldn't get them at the video store. So I, except for a few. So I started actually just purchasing them um, and built up my collection that way. And then started buying more books, like the psychotronic books and the Mm -hmm. research incredibly strange film book and, and all that found more titles I wanted to see. And I wanted to see biker movies and I wanted to see Mexican wrestling movies. (laughs) And I wanted to see Herschel Gordon Lewis movies and all that kind of stuff was the cobweb just goes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, And it's never ending. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I guess I guess part of what got me into the Canadian filmmaking was uh, because I was obsessed with these 1950s science fiction films, uh, and was purchasing cassette copies. There was a Rhino Video series of 3D yeah. tapes oh, yeah. that came out um, that had I think I think it was Robot Monster, um, Catwoman on the Moon, I think, and uh, the Mask, mm, yeah. and. I remember watching The Mask for the first time, and there's a scene where they go into the into a museum, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm like, "That's the museum. <laughs> That's the Royal Ontario Museum that I've been a hundred times on school trips." Yeah. And what, this is crazy. Like I've never even, I never knew this film was Canadian. Didn't even, didn't say anything about it. Yeah. So I, and I did some, you know, looking around go through some of my books and stuff like this. This was before internet was uh, in its very <laughs> infancy. So there was nothing, uh, you know, unless you wanted to go chat with somebody online. <laughs> you couldn't really, you couldn't really look up anything. There was a pre IMDB. Yeah, I th- that kind of got me interested. And I started thinking about other Canadian films that I had seen, including uh, Cannibal Girls. Okay, which so you'd seen that already. I had, I had already seen that, but and I knew it. That was I knew that yeah. was Canadian. You know, th- those were a couple examples. I, I used to also watch on CBC. Used to show, um, I think it was called Cinema Canada. It was okay. like a Thursday night movie showcase, and they would show stuff like Roadkill and like uh, you know. Uh, yeah. And there was this one movie that they kept showing, which uh, was this crime movie, (laughs) this color crime movie (laughs) that I always missed the title of and spent years (laughs) trying to track down and I realized at some point that it was Crime Wave. Oh, nice. So I would watch all the time just to kind of maybe hope (laughs) to catch Crime Wave again because I I kind of got obsessed with that film. So it was, you know, I I was kind of coming at Canadian film from the fact that I was interested in film and I was interested in these certain types of films and I would catch the occasional Canadian film that would appeal to my that yeah. sensibility that i was
2: developing that makes sense i so when i was i did mention to you before we started that i was doing some uh way back machining on the Canuck exploitation website so i did read the broken pencil article you wrote in 99 about can exploitation in that article at the end it mentions a zine called ground culture
0: ground, decide- ground control ground, ground control, control okay
2: yeah. Um, was that something that you started pre exploitation? Was it like a movie zine? <laughs>
0: yes, it was. It, it, it was not a movie zine. Okay. Um, so I started publish. I started doing zines. I guess I don't know. Mid high school, probably. So like nineteen ninety. I don't know. 19, 1993, 1994 is my okay. guess when I when I started getting into zines and I and I started making one around that time. My first one was called Radio Slack, and uh, then I got bored of that one and started a new one <laughs> called Ground Control, um, and was working basically on those projects for a while, and that got me involved in the kind of the Toronto self-publishing yeah. scene and the uh, other zine people and all that kind of stuff. I got to a certain point with the zine where I was just like, this is, n- this is not fun for me anymore. I've been doing it for six, seven years, and I was l- looking to stop the zine and and, do another project around the same time that I, that I decided I was going to stop working on zines was the same point where I realized that, um, you know, I was, I was looking for more information on these Canadian films that I had seen, like the mask and cannibal girls. And I was going to my university library and there was nothing. Yeah. And, um, or if there was any mention of these films, it was very derogatory. And I realized that there was just nothing on these movies. And I thought this, this, you know, I'm interested in this. I I, I need another project. A writing. Pro- I want another writing project to do, and that was kind of how how I decided to. You know, I'm gonna. You know, the web was in its yeah. very infancy at that time. It was 1999 when, when I first launched it <laughs> online, and um, that that's kind of uh, how I did. It. I knew I knew there was a. I knew there was a big gap here. I knew there was a big knowledge gap, and I wanted to help. Um, Fill it in.
2: Yeah. So was the broken pencil article, I think it was in like issue 11 or something, was that like kind of essay take on the sort of entire idea of can exploitation something that came in a way to like get the word out about the website or was it a way to kind of like nail down exactly what it is that you want to talk about on the website how did it like um the
0: oh man i'm not even sure okay <laughs> um it, it would have been around the same time around, okay i can tell you i can tell you exactly what happened my my then girlfriend now wife yeah um was um uh graduated from ryerson journalism okay she there was a ryerson journalism party which I was at, and Hal, who was the editor of Broken Pencil at the time. Yeah. And we knew each other because of the zine stuff, and I'd helped out at early can zines and so forth. We were in the bathroom, standing beside each other at the stall, <laughs> and he started saying, hey, so what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> which is always super comfortable. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's the best
0: place to strike up.
1: No <laughs> way to get out.
0: <laughs> so I was telling him about this idea I had, And uh, what I was gonna, you know, um, that I was going for, gonna go forward and do a website. And he said, oh man, that's great idea. Maybe you could do something for, broken pencil on this and I was like yeah of course I think at that time I'd probably done started to do a little bit of freelance writing around just little bits and dribbles but um, um, that was certainly the you know that was a cover story and that was a big deal for me yeah I I would suspect it came probably a little bit after the site because I there there was a certain you know there's a lot of titles mentioned there I I probably would have already been looking for titles actively and collecting things and watching things as a way to kind of thread everything together yeah Yeah, so it, it, it was kind of an independent Thing I didn't think of it at the time as as yeah. kind of like I, this is I'm gonna promote my website or whatever. It, it was just you know I was wor- really working on my website for me. It wasn't yeah. really. i used to do zines i'm I'm used to writing and stuff that nobody read yeah (laughs) so so it's like so it was just a you know i I really just wanted to kind of like you know it's just my maybe my personality but to kind of you know like putting things together in your own head Mm -hmm. like making things make sense and putting things on a timeline or whatever just making sure trying to fit all the pieces together for for myself and i and i think um the uh, the the idea that other people were interested was was a plus to me yeah
2: um, was there like an aha moment for the name Can- exploitation? Because I feel like it's such a far-reaching term now. Like you listen to any cult cinema podcast or horror podcast and, and people do bring up this idea of like Canadian genre cinema and they're always saying Can- exploitation. Was that just like this is obviously what it's going to be called or did it take some like getting to? <laughs>
0: I think it was probably part of the 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 website probably came a bit out of that okay I I was going to university at the time and I was you know whenever I was not in class or whatever I was thinking about this idea yeah there was kind of a lightning flash aha moment I don't (laughs) remember exactly what happened but I remember being in a room that I was renting at the time and just looking through some of the books and and I hit on this title uh, and I hit on the term so yeah yeah, I I mean I did it did just kind of come to me I, (laughs) I did make it up and uh and I thought wow that's that's that really captures it. And, and and that would also be a great name for a website and yeah. like that, that kind of and maybe I should just move forward with this. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was it was just part of the development of, of when I was thinking about putting this idea online mm-hmm. and, and it just kind of came as part of that. So
2: when I went back to that early version of the website, you have like the primer and then you have like the definition of what can kind of exploitation is. How much like research went into that early version of the website? Because it is like you were making this kind of whole cloth. Like like you mentioned, not nobody's talking about these movies. If they are, they're dismissive. So there must have been a lot of like r- like researching work that went into what you were doing then.
0: I, I was certainly looking at books and stuff, but like I said, a lot of that stuff was very yeah.
3: um, dismissive. And how was it dismissive? Like towards exploitation cinema in general, or like Canadian cinema? Um, both. Yeah. I mean, it it was kind
0: of like these movies are beneath, are, are beneath us and we don't watch them, but also kind of, you know, if I want to, if we want to foster a respectable Canadian cinema, these are not the movies we want okay, yeah. to represent us on a world stage. So it was very like, oh, it would say things like, wow, well, the tax shelter era and ev- all those movies are trash. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I, I'm sure that, yes, of course there are some trash, films but i was like i just want but do i want to see them for myself regardless because i like this kind of movie and i'm 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 curious you know obviously something like cannibal girls while not a great film has stuff to that you might like about it i want to explore this area f- for myself yeah i would say probably a lot of the research that i was doing was simply watching the movies mm-hmm. trying to connect names okay so guys if i would see damien lee did a yeah. <laughs> yeah. and he also did ski school and i and i would say oh okay this guy damien lee so anytime i would be looking for stuff <laughs> i'd be looking for damien lee time i think that's partly why um the earlier version of my site and what you were reading <laughs> you know I had this very kind of attitude about it that was kind of like you know the critics hate this stuff and we're gonna like take it back mm-hmm. there was kind of a very I, I don't not aggressive necessarily but kind of like a I had this kind of assumption that people were like actively dismissing this stuff and yeah sneering at it and I was like no way man yeah like maybe that's just the oh, <laughs> coming from the from the from the zine world yeah and all yeah. that kind of stuff but I I, you I don't I, get I, it yeah <laughs> (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I mean, at some point I've softened over the last 20 (laughs) years, maybe, but I, but I, you know, my attitude towards this stuff is a lot maybe different than it was when I started, but you can definitely kind of, if my early site was like that, it's because that's what I was reading. I was reading people crapping all over these films constantly Mm -hmm. and, and even stuff like shivers, you know, gets crap was vilified. And, uh, um you know I guess I guess it made me you know feel a little bit defensive and that yeah, yeah, yeah. came through in yeah. the way I was writing. Well there
2: but... must have been a lot of like you know when you go back and you read reviews and stuff of the of those movies even just early Cronenberg there was kind of that attitude of like we're paying for this movie this is being made with our money and that's disgusting. <laughs> so yeah. yeah yeah absolutely there
0: there, it, there was just so, there's so much kind of uh, vitriol uh aimed at these films for for many many years yeah certainly that's changed big time and um and that's really nice to see and I think part you know that may be why I've I've partially softened my view on uh, on on people kind of like forcibly keeping this stuff out of the canon when I when I don't (laughs) necessarily believe that anymore but yeah
2: yeah it was fun to go back and go through the site using the wayback machine because it was interesting to like kind of pinpoint when I found it because you know some of the earlier versions of the site in probably 99 yeah and and early 2000 I was probably a little bit too young to find that but once it got to like 2001 yeah um was probably around the time I'm like in the middle of high school and I'm looking into like weird movies and and I saw the pit once and i saw the gate <laughs> once and made the connection of it being canadian and then found found the website and i think i found it because i believe you were adding all of your reviews to the imdb critic pages like i would go to imdb and see the critic reviews that you can add external reviews and it would be like can exploitation can exploitation and i was like oh shit like this is the this is where all the knowledge is about yeah, this stuff yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah that, that wasn't actually me doing that no, but somebody right. oh, wow. somebody else somebody who liked my site was doing it That's and, amazing. and i don't know um, who that was. But yeah, I mean, the site changed a lot. I mean, it used to be kind of like on a personal web space that was like, you know, home.ica.net yeah. slash tilde. <laughs> um, and at some point, and I think I moved servers at or I moved ISPs at one point. So the, the whole site change the whole yeah. uh, address changed. And then I think somebody said, you should just buy connexploitation.com. <laughs> I was like, you can do that? Like, what, how much is that? Like $150, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was, you know, but, but then I did. And then it was simply a forwarding thing. And, yeah. then, and then eventually I just started paying for my own hosting and keeping it up there. But I mean, the site, I you know, I, I learned HTML. Yeah. <laughs> doing that site. I learned to write doing that site. And, you know, it was a lot of work and a lot of growth, I yeah. guess. In, in in doing all this so yeah even if people weren't reading which <laughs> which i think you know i think it's pretty common i think people started finding it around 2000 2001 yeah. i think probably around i don't know 2006 2007 it started you that you see the term po- start to pop up in mm-hmm. places so
2: how do you feel about that expansion of the term and did it take on a life of its own? or?
0: Yeah, absolutely it took on a life of its own and I at first I, I kind of felt protective about it. I think, you know, early on there was a Jeff Pavir Who's the local critic for the um, Toronto Star newspaper? Used the term in an article he wrote, and it was kind of a satirical article about what? It, gee, what it would be a con exploitation film, and it would be about a hockey guy like hitting people with his stick and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> this guy's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, I just realized, like, if if I keep it as my term, mm-hmm. and I'm and I run. Protection or like, uh, not protection, but like, if you start uh, coming, if I start after policing people, yeah. people yeah, using yeah, the yeah, term, yeah. it's like, it's just gonna be like, like, no one's gonna want to use it. It's yeah, just gonna be yeah, yeah. who's that who's that asshole who runs a exploitation <laughs> site? He, he just he keeps emailing me and telling me to stop, <laughs> stop doing things. And it's like, I, no, I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. And you know, it won't live if I'm the sole guardian of that. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, at some point I realize you just got to live. It's got to, people have to do their, if people are doing their own projects with it, then absolutely. Like this is just, uh, all it does is help. Yeah. The term. And and the term is, to me, it's bigger than me. It's not about me. Um, I'm happy to, to do what I can for Canadian film and promote this kind of stuff, but it's, it's not really about Paul. Yeah. You know, it's about, the movies, totally, and 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 people connecting with it, and people celebrating Canadian films. So, so yeah, so that's my attitude. It's just yeah. like people people should do whatever they want with it, and so I'm happy you guys do the podcast. <laughs> and, um, whenever I see other people doing podcasts or articles, or hey, here's my top five Canadian films, even if I read it and I'm like, oh, that guy's just
2: ripping up yeah. my list, <laughs> <laughs> like.
0: Uh, it's fine, yeah, because uh, in the end, it gets it out there, yeah, and um, yeah.
2: Man. Well, that's a, an amazing uh, attitude to have. So, <laughs> thank you for <laughs> you know making the website when you made it and having that kind of attitude. Because I do think that that like low key Canucks exploitation is like that. The website was such a foundational thing for so many people. Like, I think it came around at such the right time. Even when I think about my experience with it, like finding that in high school, like it was the exact thing that I needed to find when I was, like, Googling the pit or, like, looking up these movies and trying to figure out, like, oh, why does that look familiar in the gate? Like, why does that look like a kind of place that I know of? You know, it just yeah and and from there it was just such a great resource so
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i can remember early on very early on when i was doing my website and i, and I was getting emails from uh, my friend dave who uh, later moved to toronto and became the editor of room Morg. at the time i was working at hmv and my boss came up to me and said have you ever heard of this movie called black christmas yeah and I, but at the time no. Yeah. Like, like oh, really? everybody was like, no. It, I yeah. hadn't heard of it.
2: It's really. That's wild. It's yeah. wild how, like, because obviously that is like the Canadian yeah. horror movie, the one of the Christmas movies. And when I was in high school, it was known, but it was still pretty, like, you know, in 2000, 2001, when my brother showed it to me. We used to watch it with my family every year, and it was still very, like, people weren't really talking no. about it. When people were talking about it, they loved it, yeah. but it was one of those things that, like, nowadays it's like the top most talked about movie you know yeah it's like, like you don't the, need to read anymore about it of the almost. original flash yeah uh. yeah so it is crazy to think like
0: yeah so dave had dave was emailing me and he he basically started emailing me because he said my site at the, you know a little bit after this was the only site online that had any information
2: yeah about black christmas because he was <laughs> trying to
0: research it for a project and i mean it just goes to show you yeah. how far Things have progressed over the last twenty years. Like now, yeah, you you can't you you couldn't even think of mentioning Canadian films without mm-hmm. start without a you know talking about about Black Christmas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we've, done, we've done it as well. I yeah. mean, but but there was just at the time it was you know DVD had just started. Yeah, if something had come out on VHS in you know nineteen eighty one, and this was. 15 years later and you just couldn't get it in the video stores it just you know wasn't available you couldn't buy it yeah you know everything was coming yeah. <laughs> in terms of the in terms of DVD and and, and and Blu-ray and everything coming getting a new release on life but at the time um, you know, it was, it was, it's, it was surprisingly obscure. A lot of this yeah. stuff, even, even stuff we take for granted today.
2: Definitely. When you started the website, as I mentioned, you had like the definition, the primer and stuff. How do you feel like over time, it's like evolved the, the idea of exploitation, like at a certain point when you were making the website, was there a very clear indication of a next generation coming in? Cause I know like. All of a sudden you had like the sasca twins doing like dead hooker in a trunk and you had steven kostanski and like all these new voices was there like a really like defining period where you're like oh wait i should be covering even newer stuff or well
0: in 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 1999 um there was nothing nothing going on at all um the 90s were were very dry for for canadian genre film because of the Tax credit situation and and funding situation at the time, um, there was some things, but it was yeah. wasn't anything I was interested well, in covering. It.
2: I feel like in one of the earlier things I read on your website, there was kind of like a this. Is, we're not going to be talking about Adam O'Goyan or like we're yeah. not going to be talking about like the indie like yeah mainstream that was more that was yeah. more my
0: combative. Uh, <laughs> we're not talking about Adam O'Goyan, yeah. Like forget you, you think this is about forget Guy it. Madden. Forget it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing in 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 1999 there was nothing in 2000 there was a big significant event happened and that was the release of ginger snaps yeah that was a huge huge big deal at the time um because there had not been a celebrated canadian genre film in at least a decade yeah this got in theaters it had great reviews it was it had a a women writer yeah Um, i don't even
2: think that when i saw that when it came out my brother showed it to me but I, it wasn't presented to me as a Canadian movie. No, like I, I think I eventually knew it was Canadian, but it was just like you have to see this movie because it's really great. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Not was to me at the time was the big, t- you know, that was the next generation. Yeah. Um, and that kicked off a bunch of um, smaller films, not a lot of great films. <laughs> Decoys <laughs> is certainly one that I <laughs> jumps to mind. But um, but at the time, I had not thought of, you know, I, I couldn't envision Astron 6. I couldn't envision yeah. um, Saska's. The only thing that, the only kind of thing that happened was, I guess, in probably about, I don't know, early 2000s, I got an email from a guy named Jason who was... Um, working on the East coast and he had made this film called the teeth beneath and asked me to review and said, Oh, I love your site. And could you please review teeth beneath? And I was like, okay, I don't know who this guy Jason Eisner is, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, within six, seven years, he, or not, maybe not that long, maybe four or five years he, he made hobo with a shotgun that I think helped kick off that second wave Mm. of, of, you know, that which you're still kind of seeing, um, Happen so so you know I I was and and you know and I talked to Jason and and he would say oh I saw this movie that on your site and I saw that movie on your site so to me Jason was one of the first guys who knew what exploitation was was a fan of those films and and was kind of maybe not. <laughs> consciously working them into his films at that point but certainly was um, aware of the history and and realized that he was a part of that history and now now i talk to more other filmmakers and and they they do seem to get it or or they still or they work in homages when they when they can so things have change there there are definitely um this new generation is much more aware of what exploitation is uh i I wouldn't say the same same thing about ginger snaps necessarily yeah but for me that was the kind of the first time i i was seeing that and for me i've always been interested in the past of of these films or the the history i love digging up old obscurities that's that's really the reason i keep doing it (laughs) so the new films are are less interesting to me Um, it's harder to have perspective on those Mm -hmm. films. You can look back 15 years ago and say, aha, this is what was happening. And this is why this was like this, but kind of, you know, for me to follow more modern films, can't think of one off the top of my head, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, like the rabbit remake or whatever, like I, I, it's not really something I'm, I'm rushing out to see because I, because I, I I really just embrace all Canadian films. I, I I just, I get a thrill more out of going back and finding something that nobody's seen in 35 years or whatever.
3: Yeah, we can definitely relate to that. Yeah,
2: (laughs) Yeah, totally. So where do you see like moving forward with the Canucksploitation website, like continuing to add to it or where it sits right now? I still
0: want to continue to add to it. The last couple of years have been tough with other projects. I'm trying to cut back on those and focus more on the site. Um, certainly, I'm continuing to watch a lot of stuff, and I'm continuing to find almost all the time just new, uh, you know, obscure things. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've been doing this video series for Rumorg. Oh yeah. Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's been good. You know, just trying to continue to dig up stuff. I mean, it's been a great last few years for uncovering. Yeah. Just super obscurities
2: do you feel like with the idea of what we can get on blu-ray now is always so astonishing to me every time vinegar syndrome announces something or we see these boutique labels releasing movies that are just so obscure and so regional in such a delightful way i mean we've seen uh, sudden fury got a release and we've seen stuff like phobe do you think there's more of that to come from exploitation movies seeing more of these really obscure ones showing up on home video and and having like cool special editions and stuff. Yes, absolutely.
0: Like I just I think there's a it's just totally astonishing to me how you know, I can do this for 20 years and then somebody can be like, hey, have you heard of that movie? And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's wild. <laughs> no. <laughs> <And> it keeps <laughs> happening as well. Like, yeah. where
3: do these movies even materialize from yeah. all of a yeah. sudden? There's, a, there's just, there's so many
0: films out there still to be discovered. I, I've I've been discovering, discovered several um, this year alone and, and even yeah. even watched a few that I'd never thought I would see. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always kind of keep a list <laughs> of, of films that i'm kind of like watching out for or periodically search yeah. the internet just to find if there's any new information on it you know one one i'm, I'm, I'm dying to see is called uh, violent love and it's a 1967 exploitation film you know I, i'd see stuff i see references to it in old articles and so forth but then when i uh and then i was on letterboxd about a year ago and noticed that a bunch of guys in like sweden had added <laughs> reviews because yeah. they had watched a, a 16 or 35 millimeter print at some cinema club wow that this had a copy so it's kind of like you know e- even stuff that i you know that's a film i've been looking uh, you know for for 20 25 years yeah um another one is music from the spheres just showed up on tubi
2: <laughs> oh wow really
0: <laughs> yeah and i've been looking for it for 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 20 years it, it was on my original list that's of, wild uh, when, when i first started the site i kind of picked out um uh, the psychotronic books the two psychotronic books mm. and went through and anything listed Canada I wrote down yeah <laughs> on a list and that was kind of like the original master list that I went by and that was definitely on that original yeah. master list so you never know 20 years something yeah shows up
1: it's exciting and,
0: though yeah no it's, it's 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 great because it's just like a, the chance to see this stuff after say you know 40 years or whatever it's just a um, incredible to, yeah. to to think that 40 years later we'd be talking about these films <laughs> yeah.
2: I know Carlo you were interested in the idea of sharing the blame a little bit right
3: yeah yeah because there's like a lot of Canadian uh, movies that don't really come out to be Canadian they pretend, uh, pretend to be like Any Town America yeah. Like, how do you feel about that?
0: Yeah, I I mean, so this is kind of one of the areas that I've changed my my attitude on um, and and kind of my general approach to these movies. I I think at the time, it doesn't bother me. Like, I, I, Mm. I recognize that, you know, these films are meant to be for international or, yeah yeah, yeah. Or, and
3: it's probably also like a means to an end like to sell the movie oh uh, for sure mm-hmm. and and
0: if you talk to producers they'll say oh it has to be like this and yeah. you know I would disagree I, I personally like films with a really strong sense of place and like yeah. you know even if I'm watching George Romero movie and I say wow Pittsburgh right mm-hmm. like, or, or or you watch any of those movies on the um, Stephen Thrower yeah. kind of films or even Nightmare USA his book yeah. mm-hmm. all those films that have a very strong sense of place I, yeah. I love all super things. regional
2: yeah mm-hmm. I, I love
0: regional filmmaking I, I don't agree with it but i i recognize it and mm-hmm. the, the, the need to do it and i and i'm fine with it it doesn't really uh, bother me yeah and i think the way i've kind of evolved in that i used to i used to kind of like really be like okay what's canadian mm-hmm. about this movie mm-hmm. even if it was like shot in uh, yugoslavia <laughs> and with a couple canadian producers like what's really the canadian message and i i i, I don't really think that we need to do that i Mm -hmm. mean you know nobody watches a hammer horror film and goes well what's british like 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 we don't need to do that we just enjoy the movie and Mm -hmm. and i think yeah that that has
3: to come first absolutely yeah
0: you know these canadian films are it we should be looking at them as another type of regional Mm -hmm. cinema yeah um whether they're actually set in Toronto or whatever, I think is, it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really just about, I can see this as an example of a Toronto cinema or Vancouver cinema or Alberta or whatever. I I can see it's an example of, um, that community and that, that, that place in that time. So
2: I've struggled to put this to words because there's this kind of like Canadian aura to a lot of like Canadian genre films and I was wondering if you th- if there's any defining elements of what the like Canadian feeling of a movie is because I just remember when I watched Prancer recently and I watched The Intruder and the intruder was such a like Canadian feeling small town movie and I was just like, Do other people watch this and understand this weird Canadian vibe to this? You know what I mean?
3: (laughs) I think if you're familiar with like certain regions, but I mean, definitely me, like growing up as a kid in Europe, I had no idea what was American or Canadian at all, you know?
2: Yeah, because there's just something to movies like that—that that movie or Prancer, where I'm just like, "This is Canada," like <laughs> that small town, like winter in Prancer, like with the dirty snow on the side of the road. Like, this is so specific. Yeah, I—I
0: I, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, I—I I, I agree with you that that a lot of these Canadian films do have that feeling of yeah. being a Canadian movie. It's it's hard for me to pinpoint why exactly, aside from maybe our just our, our own bias yeah. of being of growing up in it Canada and knowing how that feels. I mean, you could say, like I, I guess one of the early things that I used to talk to Calum Vanstall about was he, he said that there was a, one lab in Toronto, and whoever was working in the lab would love to blue. Yeah, and they would crank the blue <laughs> in all these eighty like seventies, eighties movies, Cronenberg movies, and everything. Like because they really just when they're doing color correction yeah. or whatever, turn up the blue a lot. So you <laughs> you get all these films that have a very blue quality. At the same time, you you got uh, Toronto crews work on TV a lot. Yeah. they do a lot of TV work and film is because that's what most of especially these days Canada yeah. does. Mm. So if you say well canadian film has this very tv movie look well yes that's mm-hmm. probably because of the mm. cruise. And, and and otherwise it's just kind of to me it's it's just those locations yeah. they they feel very canadian they they don't look like you know, yeah. You know the the Ameri- You know, I think of an American kind of landscape, and you think of those like driving down the the road in LA with all the road signs. Mm-hmm. Even even you can see that scene in um, uh, Crime Wave. Yeah, where that he's got that matte painting with all the <laughs> signs. Um, and to me, that's a very American thing and and this kind of the like small town stuff you watch a film like cannibal girls or whatever mm-hmm. feels or or deranged which you just guys just watched yeah. not too long ago mm-hmm. i mean it feels, it feels like so a canadian, small yeah. can, canada canadian yeah. town um i guess it could be you could say it's the same as rural wisconsin or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I i mean it to me it's it's uh it has that quintessential canadian feel
2: definitely it's so hard to put my finger on it because Yeah, I guess I'm a little bit biased by living here. Well, we should let's get to some talking about specific movies because I feel like people listening are going to want to like get their notes out and see, like, what can I watch? So I pulled a list of your top 10 favorite Canadian movies of all time that you wrote in 2004. (laughs) Whoa. And I'm wondering if this list has changed at all. So big time. I'm sure it has. But let's hear it anyway. In 2004, your top 10 were Crime Wave, Going Down the Road, No, Skip Tracer, The Uh, Mask.
0: Maybe, yeah
2: rituals. Yeah, Crash. Yeah. Wow. The Grey Fox, nobody wow. nobody waved goodbye. Comic no. book confidential and Warrendale. Wow. <laughs> Which I guess th- this is a little bit out of the, the Knox kind of exploitation like it's kind of Canadian overall, but
0: yeah, well like I said, you know, at the time I was watching a lot of uh you know, I watched um CBC Thursday, you know, yeah. Thursday night Canadian cinema movie showcase. So I, uh, you know, a lot of these films like Warrendale nobody wave could buy was stuff that I was probably seeing on t- on TV um, and I think especially in those early years I was kind of not desperate but really trying to yeah trying to bring them into this tradition yeah um, so
2: like putting crime wave you know next to like going down the road or Warndale Dale be like this deserves to sit beside these things that people are putting on a pedestal or or
0: yeah I mean I like all those movies yeah yeah um, <laughs> Um, but I, but I, I, don't know that that uh, that some of them would necessarily fit in what I would yeah. consider an exploitation. Definitely not. No, nobody wave goodbye. <laughs> um, definitely uh, going down the road is pretty. Uh, <laughs> specious as well um, <laughs> you know if I was doing the website today I wouldn't oh, would have never included that I would have never included something like back to God's country at some point I, I kind of wanted to t- look at these obscu- these movies that that people weren't looking at mm-hmm. and um, you know even nobody waved goodbye to some degree at the time you know Agoyan was was really riding high Roadkill and all and like yeah. it, it, there was all these kind of film Guy Madden yeah that was kind of the really dominating um, Thing in Canadian film, and, uh, and I was really trying to—I was trying to push against that. Um, I think what what would I consider now my my top ten would would skew way more genre. Yeah. Um, you know, like um, stuff I like. You know, Shivers. Yeah, The Mask. I would still put up there. Yeah. Changeling, Rituals. I'd probably keep up there. The Gate. Death Ship is a is a personal favorite of mine. A uh, little girl who lived down the lane. Yeah. Like there's a there's a how
2: Canadian is that one? Like in terms of because that was one that uh, yeah. I think that I was worried I, I saw on a list and I wasn't sure like was this like what was the connection? I know it was shot. Yeah.
0: It's a co-production. Okay. I think it was shot in Canada, but I'm not I'm not 100% yeah. sure. Um, you know my my tastes have changed over the years and I, you know I, I do like every film that 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 you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, out of them maybe probably nobody Waved goodbye is probably the one I like the least. <laughs> um have you seen Nobody? Week- no, uh-huh. I, I haven't no. either. It's actually. kind of oh yeah. It's, so yeah, it's it's so it's like an NFB production from the 1960s, and yeah. it was like a um, coming of age story. A, gu- a guy, yeah. and he's like really into folk music, and he like um, there's a there's a lot of like Toronto folk scene stuff, and then he gets a girl pregnant, and but he's he's very much like very, it's very waspy. Yeah. <laughs> like, so you know, it's it's definitely not a genre. Yeah. Film, and um, you know, there was some certainly definitely some limit to what I had seen at that point yeah um nowadays i i do like more i've embraced more bad films and and uh and and more genre films and really like seeing stuff like oh silent partner i guess is another one that i hadn't i mean i hadn't seen silent partner at that point Mm -hmm. so um you know you don't if i'm not able to you know i wasn't able to see that stuff uh you know things have changed
3: but it was interesting
0: interesting to hear one yeah i (laughs) I thought 15 years ago
3: yeah i definitely wouldn't like the movies i put in my top 10, oh, yeah. 10 years it, ago it, forget yeah, about
2: exactly. it exactly yeah i think that list was was in the eye oh uh, I think oh it was in yeah the, that's like, why yeah magazine or whatever yeah
0: yeah no it was a um it was one of the the um tiff tiff does okay. a canada top 10 yeah so yeah so that that list would skew more
2: what i would be recommending to (laughs) yeah what i would
0: what what would kind of like be a tiff thing so so i was think i was kind of like pushing a few boundaries there but i i mean something like nobody wave goodbye would definitely be on fit in there something (laughs) like going down the road would definitely be on there to
2: get a little bit more obscure for our listeners something that i noticed uh maybe a couple years ago that seemed to be a concerted effort from you was Pushing into the Emeritus productions, kind of like creating a list of every production that they had done. Can you like tell us a little bit about the interesting element of that like company and what what they were doing?
0: Yes. So, well, I'm, I'm going to tell you the story because because okay. um, that's probably the best way to do it. Because I, I <laughs> at the time, I, I didn't even know what Emeritus was until, yeah. I, I don't know, uh, six, seven years ago. No, it's probably about a decade ago. Um, I was... Uh, I used to live around Bloor and Bathurst, <laughs> <This is> the <laughs> Toronto-specific part of the podcast, yeah. uh, right near Honest Eds, and I used to go in there all the time because they were blowing out videos, uh, VHS videos, well into the... Uh, they, they would just, I don't know, get... Video store closeout stuff. Yeah, liquidation stuff, stock. Yeah. So they just pull it all and dump it on the shelf for, I think it was five bucks a tape at that point. So I would go through and I was looking, part part of the reason I would do it was because I was looking for those Canadian titles. Um, It was still the best place to find a lot of Canadian films that I wanted to review for my website or that I had been on the lookout for. I pulled out this tape called The Bounty Hunters and uh, the thing had no credits on the front and maybe a couple credits on the back. Um, there was no time listed. It's it was like a, a a VEC video or something like that, and I was like, I don't know what the heck yeah. this is supposed to be. Um, I've never seen anything like it. I've never heard of anything like it. But it had it. One of my one of the things I learned um, when I was a teenager going to video stores was that if it has a drawing on the cover <laughs> yeah. as opposed to a photo, that's r- good. Get it, because <laughs> <good. laughs> it's gonna be yeah. strange. So this one had a drawing. <laughs> this one had a drawing on the cover, and I was like, okay, I got. I you know what. I was already buying like six tapes. I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw this one in there and check it out. So I watched it a couple of days later and it's like 60 minutes, which was super weird because it just yeah. stopped. Like, is I, that even the feature? Well, but I didn't even know because there was nothing on the back, right? Yeah. So I, you know, you're watching and 60 minutes go by <laughs> and then they're like, okay, thanks. And the, there's no real <laughs> ending in the movie and the screen just went blank and I was like, what the fuck? Is there like 20 more minutes of movie You had a missing <laughs> or, here? Or? Or, but but no. So so that was and so that w- when I started doing a little bit of research, I, I I stumbled on Emeritus and and realized what it was. That kind of started throwing me down the the hole the, the hole of the, Emeritus. Uh, yeah, the 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 trail down the trail <laughs> of Emeritus. So um so I you know I, I knew this was unique. You know I I had a kind of the vibe that it was a Canadian film when I was buying it yeah. I, I thought this looks like a Canadian film I'm not sure but watching it and then talking about Niagara Falls and stuff I was like okay this is definitely a Canadian film it was obviously shot on video You know, like I don't know where this would have played because it did have nudity in it which is yeah. which is and it's the only Emeritus one that does I think that's actually the first Emeritus film mm. and um, so I started doing the research at the same time there's another guy in Toronto named Jonathan Culp who I also knew from way back in the zine days and um, he was interested in this stuff as well. I think at some point he contacted me and said he'd, he'd found a bunch of them and then he contacted me again and he said I found a bunch more. Oh, nice. <laughs> and he basically made copies of everything for me and he, I think he reviewed many of them for my website. So I got the chance to see them all yeah. that way. So Emeritus was this guy named Lionel Schenken who used to be a local TV personality. He used to do a garden show in the 1960s. He stopped doing that. He started to become a, he decided he wanted to be a movie producer. He hooked up with CH, TV in Hamilton which is the same channel that did the hilarious house of frightenstein yeah and and other uh they did a lot of local programming there and he created these movies that are all except for bounty hunters they're all 96 minutes long they they all have two leads often multiracial leads they're all kind of a m- mixture of maybe a little bit of science fiction maybe mm-hmm. a bit of action they're all shot on video they're all uh um <laughs> weird <laughs> non-union yeah. like non-union crews i think that the, he had a show on chch called like uh, niagara repertory theater or something and so he was pulling all these non-union people from the rep theater group yeah. who, who worked in hamilton to put on these like little dramas yeah a lot a lot of gangsters a lot of you know not a lot of stuff requiring special effects or anything mm-hmm. like that but did have def- definitely a bit of a genre flavor to them. I ended up tracking down the director of Bounty Hunters and I was like, "Hey, can you talk to me about this?" And he was like, "No, I don't talk. To, I don't talk about that period of my life." Wow. And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> so so it was so Jonathan Culp was really the guy who okay. really dug up uh, a lot of these titles and that's how I saw I think most of them. In in the years since I've 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 done more research and I know there's 33 of them. Hmm. I think we've seen 15, 16. Um, so there's still almost half of them out there. I yeah. don't think we, we've got like, there was a couple of different video labels, a VEC video and something else. We've got all the ones that came out on a VEC. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think it's likely that these were produced for overseas audiences. Oftentimes, if I'm searching around, I will find German tapes or or um, Swiss tapes yeah. or whatever. I've never seen Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they used to play on TV. I know that they were specifically designed up so that you could... To, um air them in 15 minute chunks or something like that yeah th- there's a lot of weird stuff with these films so yeah so so i, I think i've got all the titles now i yeah i, I do have um the remaining th- yeah. the titles we the haven't names seen of the are movies. yeah as for tracking them down it's been several <laughs> years since i've been able to find a new one yeah there's a, there's even a science fiction one called uh the mutagen that i think is like the only real science fictiony horror of title them. out there but i like i yeah. will i be able to find this no i don't know i've seen a brazilian tape that's oh all wow that's all i've seen so that's so
2: wild that like it's this thing that started here but like seems to be not specifically made for us yeah yeah yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then he went on lionel schenken once he finished with Emer- emeritus he went on and uh who's hooked up with the uk company and made a few titles like to catch a yeti mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and yeah. Um, that's got
2: a classic cover <laughs> yes yeah. yes
0: uh and what's the other one um there was a, another Christmas movie with Mickey Rooney, which I watched last year, actually. It was terrible. <laughs> and they also produced uh, Little Devils.
2: Oh, yeah. We watched Little oh, Devils. Oh, Little Devils. The yeah. birth.
0: So he, even after Emeritus, he can, kind of continued on with making kind of a few, a handful of similar films. There was some South African films he made as well, like just like two. Did but- you
2: get any sense of, like, why there's no speaking of that era, of, you know, when you when you reached out? Is it just mm-hmm. like that's behind me I don't want to talk about it yeah or,
0: I think it was just this guy had, had you know maybe he you know I don't know he, he had some, some past issues or something that he didn't want to give yeah. up he didn't want to dig up and that's fair totally you know I, I have reached out to other uh, other directors I talked you know there's an interview on my website with Jade Godet who talks about working at TVO and and moving over to C C H and and uh, working with Lionel Schenken and all this kind of stuff so you know those movies are still out there and I'd love to see the rest yeah. of them um, you know uh, Lionel Schenken's daughter Beverly Schenken works at C- uh, CFMT local, yeah. local mm. station here and but i she she doesn't seem to answer <laughs> oh. emails about about uh, about emeritus yeah. maybe she just thinks it's all in the past or whatever yeah I, you know i do but i do get a lot of questions about that and i think yeah. I think about a year ago i got some Guy was emailing me from uh, I didn't not sure if he was from Vancouver or or Alberta or something, but he he was really like he was collecting them all, um, and he was collecting multiple. He was one of those guys who wants like multiple copies of the same movie in every language and all that kind of stuff. And he couldn't watch them all, but definitely like uh, you know, Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of readers out there who have helped me over the years um, because they've been obsessed with certain films and have gotten me copies. Another another one is um, Power Games. There's a guy that is obsessed with Power Games. Um I shouldn't say obsessed. He, he, he's a, he's a huge fan of Power Games and and would email me all the time about getting it. And yeah. finally he's the guy who like I think there's a copy on on YouTube or whatever but yeah. it's because he put it up. Yeah. Oh. Like, it's it's like one guy and he's a, just a huge fan of Power Games.
2: Was Body Count Emeritus? Yes. Yeah, okay. So there's a ver- there's a copy of that on YouTube by a guy who digitizes all of his tapes named mm-hmm. Brian that has a really good channel and he had that one and I don't know if there was another one on there but yeah. And I think we watched the, the tower, tower together yeah, oh also. the tower is probably yeah. one,
0: the tower is one of the best ones for yeah. sure <laughs> um, the tower is great uh, bounty hunters I still like it you know, even though it was kind of my you know partially because it was my my yeah. first yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one but it's it's uh, it's up there and, and uh, I, I don't know like, hijacking a Studio 4 is is not too bad.
2: Were they ever aired in Canada on TV? Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah. They, they definitely... You know what? Actually, my mom, she's really into genealogy and Canadian history and all mm. this kind of stuff. And, and um, the War of 1812. And I was going through some of her old videotapes uh, like six, seven years ago. And she actually had a copy of the <laughs> 1812 oh yeah they, there's one that they did she that's had like taped a period it. piece right yeah where she had taped it off of that's amazing C-A-C-H, yeah. like to watch it which is crazy because the things like about like the king of spain yeah. and stuff like <laughs> yeah. it's totally ahistorical yeah because
2: i had i had wondered like if it you know with the ties to like canadian television if it was one of those things like when they made phobe it was like we need stuff to play like throughout the night and is mm. that was that maybe a part of like why they were making these movies
0: no i i, I think he thought it was a you know it was a good model like. They They were basically making movies for very, very little. Like They were basically almost shot on video with non-union people doing the stuff. They would air on CHCH. I believe they were airing occasionally on Canadian pay TV. They were airing on HBO. And then they were... Being released, I guess some in, in North America, but mostly overseas. And they would also play on um, they would play on TV all the time because, yeah. uh, uh, you know, when I was looking up titles like The Mutagen or whatever, you'll see like old newspapers pop up from nineteen eighty nine yeah. with saying, like the, you know, the TV listings yeah, The Mutagen. So the stuff played, yeah, um, but it's so obscure and kind of uh, uh, forgettable. I don't, mm. you know, no, it's not forgettable, but just not memorable yeah. Yeah. that that um, you know nobody's nobody's out there going oh remember that movie yeah. and it's well, there's like a that. there's
2: a vibe to emeritus that I've seen that even the tower which is a really entertaining and, and pretty ridiculous movie but like I could see somebody watching it and just thinking oh it was a nothing movie it was mm-hmm. just like a, a it passed over me yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> well as we're getting close to the end is there anything else that right now that, like you can't get your mind off of that we can like spike up the interest for <laughs>
0: um, one film that I'm that I'm really that I'm really Dying to see is uh, called cynophrenic uh, or uh, Shock Rock. Um, this was brought to my attention. Uh, I don't know about about a year ago. A my friend, name. my friend Josh Johnson, <laughs> like he he'd heard about this uh, guy who had Posted maybe on Instagram just a copy of this cover of this movie. Um, And it's kind of like a Toronto shot punk movie with horror elements in it. And Mm. I had never heard of this thing. I saw that it was done by some guy who owns a equipment rental thing in Toronto. Um, I was actually talking to a guy, I don't know, two months ago, who said he worked in that area. And I was like, Have you ever heard of this uh, other equipment house? And he's like, Oh, yeah, I have a friend who works there. And I was like, Oh, do you know about this movie the guy made and so he asked the guys for, and they, they're like oh yeah we ask him about it sometimes he said yeah it's kind of like a punk thing and, and uh, <laughs> he was kind of seeming to downplay the horror yeah okay elements to it he's like yeah yeah this is what he said and i was like yeah okay can you ask him if he's got one Yeah. <laughs> i don't really I want to care what the guy thinks about it yeah but i never i never i was doing it kind of through my wife but i yeah i never heard uh because it was a for somebody she knew but I, yeah I, I never heard back and uh, you know i i should i should follow up again but obviously <laughs> it's 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 not an easy tape to come by i'm not even sure i got a north american release yeah. at all that is definitely what i'd like to see um, and, and I guess just my my own personal thing is is just I'm really interested in 40s, 50s, and 60s films mm-hmm. um, because there's just so little um, information yeah, yeah, yeah. on these films. My friend Jason had the bloody uh, the bloody brood restored when we were going doing some of the research. Doing we were, did a commentary track for that when we were doing all the research. You know all these films like the hired gun, cool sound from hell. Uh, you know all these films from around that time just never you know people talk about modern canadian film and they always say nobody waved goodbye was the first one yeah. 1964 mm-hmm. i mean um and this has always kind of been a thing with me ever yeah. since i started the website to say well it's not 1964 wasn't it because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mask was 1961 yeah. bloody rude was 1959 there's all this other stuff beforehand yeah. Um, that doesn't really get its due and people just kind of like don't know about it. And, and that's kind of the area that I really try to focus on yeah, and, and where most of my interest is in these days um, or at least in, in, in terms of digging up and yeah. and finding stuff, you know, but but also like 80s shot on video stuff, like mm-hmm. there's still more of that stuff that yeah. surely is going to come out.
2: It must be so much harder though to, to do the the other, like the earlier stuff because when we think about that example that you just said, like somebody has a tape like uh, we know somebody has it you mm-hmm. know whether or not that ever gets digitized is yeah. another thing but like you go back even further these things like that just existed but then were a print and then the, the who knows where the print is yeah, and yeah. you know like well it, it never made it to tape maybe no one know. even has
3: anyone one yeah. anymore
0: yeah, it, but it, it 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 does happen. Yeah. And 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 that's what's that's what's more exciting about it. It, is, it isn't just like, oh, I have a tape. Yeah. You know, a good example, I guess, was the the whole thing with Sex Killer. Sex Killer was a film that I would see in databases. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even know what the hell this thing is. Like, what is it? It doesn't even make any sense. Sex killer? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just weird. And and like, I, I, I have no clue. Yeah. There was a copy at the Library and Archives of Canada. I sort of found the director and I was like, I should I should ask that guy what this is. So I asked him and he was like, oh yeah, that's uh, a porn movie I made. <laughs> and But, you know, then we got permission to get a copy from the library. Then, then a DVD company got interested. And now you can go to the store and buy yeah. a sex killer. So and that was like... You know, nobody's seen this movie, in, for- in fact, yeah. it didn't even get a release, is what he said. So, had anyone seen it outside of the screening? I don't think so. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, this, this stuff does happen. Yeah. You know? um, so, and and like I said, the the uh, uh, violent love. You know. Yeah. No, nobody's seen it, and suddenly the, there's a 35 pops up in 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 Sweden. Maybe someday that yeah. means we're we're going to see something. Yeah. So. Um, it's just exciting to to when that stuff crops up because yeah. um, it's like a piece of lost Canadian history
2: totally how about uh, if there's any movies off the top of your head or off your list you know that you would like to point to that you have seen that you think are deserve a bit more love get some more letterboxd reviews out there of, of some of the movies that are a little bit more obscure
0: um, yeah I do have a couple like that one of them you know I made this short list a couple days ago of, yeah. of because I thought you might ask this question yeah <laughs> um, uh, one of them that I that I I think should deserves a little bit more uh, attention is a film called Deadline. Yes. Uh, and not only did I, you know, I put this on my list and I think two days ago, Vinegar Syndrome <laughs> just said that they were going to put out Deadline yeah. next year. That's so <laughs> so I, I th- that's a, that's going to be a great one. It's about a guy who's basically like a Stephen King kind of a horror writer and he keeps having these nightmares during the day. All the copies uh, are really bad mm. out there. So it's really going to be yeah. exciting to to see that one. That's
2: one I've been waiting to see and that I've seen the cover of like the VHS a lot over the years, but that I just have haven't made it to but I've always wanted to so I was very excited about that news. yeah
0: well it, I mean the tape is so old and yeah. it just looks like garbage so it's it, it, you know people will get a much more clear picture of why that film is good I hope um, Evil Judgment is, is another one another obscure horror
2: Title that I oh yeah I know that cover well is that the cover like with the, the splash with the ga- of the yeah gavel with the gavel going blood. down the- <laughs> and yeah. there's a face in the blood mm-hmm. yeah yeah
0: I mean that's not a great movie but um uh, and it one it's one that certainly evaded me for a long time and I think I saw it a couple years ago finally and uh, yeah it's it's not it's not a bad little film it, yeah. it's definitely the kind of film that people dig nowadays like mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah I can see it having a release and I can see it doing well mm-hmm. um th- this will be my last one but uh, <laughs> another film that I like that's never really gotten much uh, attention is a movie movie called matinee or midnight oh, matinee, matinee, matinee. Yeah. 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 yeah but it's but it's a um it's a film that's that's very very similar to popcorn yeah oh. the, i've the, seen
2: this one yeah Oh, you have, yeah.
0: <laughs> I can't remember. It's been a while since so I, I on the Friday. Yeah, it's it it is a film that, that 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 I really liked at the time. But I'm a sucker for those kind of like horror movies with yeah. the fake horror movies and yeah, you know, like and, you know, William Castle. Tra- yeah, the fake. Tra- well, no, it's like the fake trailers. And oh yeah. Like, you know, it's like the. the 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 man what it was what is it in matinee the mant or whatever yeah, man. It? The yeah. yeah, yeah the it's, all, it's all it's all fake movies yeah. and, and the horrors happening in the theater you know I, I remember I stumbled across a VHS use a previously viewed copy pretty early on and and watched it and enjoyed it and and just thought wow this is like a movie that people don't really know about and even still 20 years later that's a film that nobody really talks about
2: yeah. from what I remember it's one of those movies that for certain types of viewers might live or die on the charm of the movie because it's not a movie that you're gonna go to and see like crazy gore oh, or whatever. No, you know, no, no. It, I think
3: if you like that kind of movie, you could be into it. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm am a fan of more of the goof. I, exactly. I think I, goofy. Exactly, it's goofy. You know, it's I, fun. I,
0: I I do like I do like more gory films sometimes, but uh, but my favorite of those kinds of films yeah. you know i've always been like more of a fan of ridiculous invasion, yeah, of, invasion of the mind benders yeah. and mm. and uh other the uh, stuff like that.
2: one of the things i remember most about that movie and i think it was uh midnight matinee was there's a poster in one of the scenes for a movie called frankenstein general hospital and i thought because the movie <laughs> is kind fake. of about fake movies <laughs> but then i realized li- like recently like yeah. last year that like yeah. oh that actually is yeah, a movie that a that exists. movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing yeah because I thought it was, oh, that's a funny poster like, <laughs> that they've made up. No. <laughs> yeah, everyone should check out Midnight Matinee. Yeah. That'd be cool yeah. to see like a release of.
0: Yeah, because I mean, it's, you know, that movie is like, I think it's 1988. And I mean, mm. it's like, that's, you know, kind of stuff that we're seeing release all the time now. And yeah. I, I don't know why this film has kind of slipped under the radar. I guess it didn't have much of a VHS release. It's one that I think people, you know, if you're a fan of stuff like Popcorn or, Absolutely, or, yeah. or, or, or the original Matinee. Yeah. yeah. Or, or kind of like those intertextual yeah. horror movies. You might yeah, dig it. So.
2: Totally. Need to see it. One other question that I had was, I, I know years ago there was some d- discussion around the idea of maybe there could be a documentary about con exploitation you know in the style of not quite hollywood or machete maidens unleashed you know and is there any potential for something like that in the future down the road uh um, i feel I'd, like there's an audience for it
0: yeah i i don't know it's an idea that's we've that has been bandied around yeah. a mm-hmm. lot by um people for at least i don't know almost 10 years now yeah. i feel like people have been talking about this but i i was kind of more excited about it four or five years ago Okay. And okay. now i feel like maybe the ship the ship may, have, may have may <laughs> have sailed on this kind of stuff i would still like to do the book i hope that i can still do it someday yeah mm-hmm. um but as far as a documentary goes i don't know it you know to me it's like it's 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 very personal yeah, yeah. kind of to me and this history to me is is more about how um, you know what I was talking about way at the beginning of the podcast here uh, about kind of like using your like figuring things out in your own mind yeah and 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 that to me is is um you know maybe that's a bit selfish (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of like what what the impetus behind the whole thing for me was i just wanted to i wanted to to make sense for myself and and i'm glad if other people do it so i'm i'm i am personally less interested in putting together a talking head style documentary where people are talking about Um, how their their own history and their own stories Mm -hmm. and we invented this and Mm -hmm. we were the first Canadians to do that and (laughs) to me it's not um, you know there's egos involved and all that kind of stuff it's less interesting than say a book or even the website where it it's where maybe it is just me assembling these things Yeah. yeah And maybe it is just maybe for my my own mind, and hopefully other people appreciate that and can enjoy it as well. Yeah. But you know, I, I want the history as as maybe I see it, rather than as as the players see it as yeah. they were making it. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I am not against the idea of a documentary, and I've been involved in a couple different projects to try and get this off the ground. None of them ever seem to quite uh, pan out, unfortunately. But I mean, I'm I'm not a you know I'm not a filmmaker. I've I've, I've never had any aspirations to make movies, either fiction or yeah. documentary. And I and I'm happy to pass that to someone yeah. who has the passion and, and, and the talent to see that through. But for me, uh, you know, I'm a writer. You know, I'm I'm someone who likes things to make sense in their yeah. own head, <laughs> and that's and that's kind of the you know the way forward I think for for me anyways, or or, or what I'm interested in. We'll, we'll see. You I do
2: do a lot of work in like bonus features, and you you have been you yeah. know on a lot of commentary tracks. So I guess as we're rounding out, is there any of those coming up or that are out there now that you'd like to you know point people towards, or is there anything you know? Can you give us any scoops in the future?
0: Uh, <laughs> Um. No, I, we don't have anything at the moment. Yeah, okay. We are actually trying pursuing something, but I can't. Yeah, um, that's fair. <laughs> I can't. I can't mention it. But um. But we do have. I I, I guess the latest things that we did. You know, I work with my friend uh, Jason Pahonsky, mm-hmm. who used to write for Rue Morgue with me, and he is a um, filmmaker, and he is obsessed with three D. <laughs> I guess we. Reconnected on the Mask DVD that came out the Blu-ray, and I was featured in that, and and he did the commentary. And I guess uh, from that we kind of started working with doing some stuff for Kino. So lately we we just put out the Phobia. Yeah,
2: yeah, um, I need to do that the
0: Phobia track, which uh, which was great. Um, and, uh, we did a track for the bloody brood, which also came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, the new 2k remaster. Yeah. the phobia one was, was pretty interesting. I mean, that's, a, that's a kind of a f- film that is not great, but, uh, it's fun to do these tracks because you really get to delve into the history of, of things and really kind of get to appreciate it in a new way. Definitely. There's a lot of movies I've done commentaries for in the last couple of years since we've been doing them that I've been, yeah, it's movies fine, but, <laughs> but but after doing the research you're like wow this is really like a, i guess another one is neptune factor that we did which is not not a great movie i don't, I don't know if you've seen that <laughs> i have not seen that no. it's the it's the underwater giant fish
2: Oh, Okay, I think I've heard of that with
0: you know Ben Gazzara, yeah. Okay, and you know like they built like the biggest swimming pool in Canada for it, and like they 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 brought in all these tropical fish, and like it was supposed to be the biggest Canadian production yeah. ever in 1973. But I, you know, these days nobody remembers it, or <laughs> I've never they, heard of it. If yeah. they do remember it, they think it's terrible. But researching a lot of these ideas, you, you're researching a lot of these films in depth, which I which I don't do for didn't do for many years to my site these days I try to do a little bit more to make them less opinion based and more historical mm-hmm. yeah um, it, it really uncovers a just interesting stories of of you know these people who tried hard and maybe failed or maybe didn't quite you know reach the goals that they were aiming for but ended up with something that maybe they're not proud of it but at least <laughs> it's just still part of that yeah. Canadian film history so there's a lot of yeah it, it, it's really interesting to for us to dive into that stuff and 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 Talk about it on these tracks.
2: Yeah, awesome. Well, other than that, people should watch your YouTube videos on the Rumor YouTube channel, right? Yeah, I have another.
0: I have another one coming. Oh, th- this I can give away. Uh, I, have an- <laughs> I do have another one coming up. Uh, hopefully, it'll be posted in the next in the next few weeks. but okay. Spasms is my next. Oh, uh, sweet. Oh, which I think you guys. We did, did watch. We did. Yeah, did. <laughs> you guys did. Uh, but uh, yeah, William Fruit and his death. Yes. Uh, Defective snake. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Amazing.
2: Thank you so much for talking to us. Canoxploitation.com is the website, obviously. Uh, Everybody should be on it. Keep watching Canadian genre cinema. Keep finding weird tapes. If you're a collector, go buy up all the weird... uh, Yeah, buy
3: me all the American uh, titles (laughs) someone, please digitize them. For someone in Europe or South America or whatever.
2: (laughs) Go find all the prints of unlabeled things you can find Mm. and let us know. Um but otherwise yeah thanks for coming and thanks for talking to us My pleasure I'll, i have one that that uh question from carlo uh he wants to know uh,
3: <laughs> that's kind of a joke question wants to know that. what your
2: favorite canadian movie about stealing alexander the great sword to give you an <laughs> edge in underground fighting competition might be
0: man i think it's i think it's gladiator comp is the best one because um, there's, right. yeah. mm. there's three there's three and and what's crazy about it is is that some of them are related and some of them aren't. So I think the dr- the same director made two of them, yeah. and Lorenzo, Lama, Lorenzo Lamas stars in two of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. but not three. <laughs> <laughs> and and the the actors in like like Lorenzo's in two, and one of the directors of his has directed the other one. There's some the, sort of crossover. Yeah, there is, yeah. but it's like not it's not you know they're not it's not like a trilogy yeah Yeah, (laughs) and it's like a it's like a movie and a remake and like kind of a slightly different remake yeah